It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 207, recorded on Monday, the 2nd of May, 2022. This episode is entitled, Your Chair is Too Loud. I'm joined to talk about the WordPress news for this week by three guests. I have Michelle Frechette, Stephanie Hudson, and Rob Cairns. There's a lot to talk about, some of it fairly contentious. We start off talking about some changes to Gutenberg. That's an easy way into the podcast episode. Then we talk about some new developments concerning diversity in the WordPress space. Things like the fact that there is going to be some new consideration for the people in the APAC time zone. We also get into a conversation about member press and their somewhat controversial changing of their pricing and the fact that they are going to be locking you out of your dashboard once your subscription stops. Also, WordCamp EU, they're going to make it free for you to bring your children to WordCamp EU in a few weeks' time. The Gutenberg Hub folk have created a lovely, easy-to-use page builder, and Elon Musk has bought Twitter. What on earth does this all mean? Join us as we explore. So it's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Hello, hello. Just, just for comedy's sake, I went out in the previous two minutes to uh, to go and get a glass of water, and I have fully spilled a pint of water all over my bathroom floor. Um, so that that'll be fun to clear up later. But I just rushed back. Thank you for joining us. We're on episode number two hundred and seven of this week in WordPress. That was a little bit of an aside. Very, very cool for anybody who is joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, we got three lovely guests. We have some returning guests and we have a, a new guest. First of all, I'm going to introduce the co-host, the person who is on probably more than any of the other two. That's Michelle <laughs> Frechette. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, really good. Can I do your introduction or do you want to introduce Please do. Oh, no, go for it. I will do it. Michelle Frechette. She is the Director of Community Engagement for Stella WP at Liquid Web. In addition to her work at Stella WP, Michelle is the podcast barista at WP Coffee Talk. She's the co-founder of Underrepresented in Tech. Probably get onto that a bit later. Uh, Creator of WP Career Pages, the president of the the board for Big Orange Heart, director of community relations and contributor, post status, author, business coach, and a frequent organizer and speaker at WordCamp events. She lives outside of Rochester, New York, where she's an avid nature photographer. You can see more on her website, meetmichelle.online. Very is that nice. all? That's all is, she's got going on? No, it's not, as you're about <laughs> to find out. By the end of this episode, there'll be another thing to put in that little list. I know, I know. Like, I, I'm pretty convinced that Come there's on. two. There's Why two you lead Michelle. with her? Why yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll go next to Rob. How are you doing, Rob? 
Doing well, Nathan. How are you today? I am good. It's Rob Cairns. Um, Rob is the CEO and chief creator of Amazing Ideas at Stunning Digital Marketing from Toronto. He's the creator of the SDM Show podcast, co-manager of the WordPress community product group on LinkedIn. That's a pretty huge group, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, it is. Um, my other co-manager in the chat is Courtney Robertson. Good morning, Courtney. Uh, we're just over 8,700 people, WordPressers. So come join us and say hello. Yeah, I really wow. never got into LinkedIn. And I only discovered LinkedIn, honestly, about two or three months ago. And I don't really engage there. I just opened it up in the browser. And I came to your group because you sent something to me. And I was like, whoa. Whoa, that's yeah. enormous. So, yeah, bravo for growing up. Does anybody love the fact that is, he says he's only just discovered it like he'd never heard of it before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely heard of it. I just never he's, logged. It, you, know, you, know those things, you know that thing when a new platform comes along and you log, you log in and you make sure that you bag the URL that you want? I do that a lot, and then, then I just go quiet. Um, and that was LinkedIn for me. I didn't really see any purpose. But anyway, congratulations, Rob. And finally, for the first time... Uh, yes. Stephanie Hudson is joining us. Shall I do your intro, Steph, or do you want to introduce yourself? I feel like it's probably lame, but go ahead. I don't even okay. know. Okay, no, oh, no, you... no, no, it's fine. Give Stephanie Hudson. It... Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's all good. Stephanie Hudson is a geek. She's an entrepreneur, an inventor, and a notebook holder. We'll come back to that in a minute. She loves helping digital agencies to drive and thrive through her white label company, Focus WP, which, by the way, has a very, very cool, sort of slightly dissonant logo. I really, really like that um and she says she's looking forward to joining us for the first time i hope so what's this about notebook hoarder i have a bit of an addiction i love notebooks like i'm a geek and i love my tablet and all that stuff but i can't get away from paper notebooks and i've had to put myself on restriction i'm not allowed to buy anymore <laughs> so have, well, like, the rest of us here. rest of us have got um subscriptions to SaaS apps that we don't use you just go out and buy like heaps of notebooks and they just sort of fester in i the don't corner. buy heaps <laughs> at a time it's just it's happened over the years <laughs> it, it trickles in doesn't it like it that's actually yeah. something you and i have in common and i've been forcing myself to use the notebooks and it almost feels sacrilegious to write in them doesn't it <laughs> Because you get to a point where you're like, oh, I just love them so much. Yeah. It's the so irony of it is that what I what I really most often use, and I just bought a huge box of them, is the big yellow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big the, yellow pad, the cheap pad. This is my, <laughs> this is my, this is my um, tablet. You know, like not my iPad, but uh, because mm -hmm. the screen never goes off. Yeah. yeah. Battery never dies. This um this is my pad and my recommendation is just go to a, now that WordCamps are starting up again just go to a WordCamp with oh, an empty sure. rucksack and you'll be you'll be Notepad happy for the rest of the year without and a pens of a to go with and them pen, yes, yeah look true. there you go there's the there's the freebie <laughs> pen that I got a couple of years ago well anyway it's absolutely lovely to have you all here thank you, you see, so me much me there you will get 3D glasses though because my logo is well, yeah my logo isn't officially 3D but our site is so that was the bit that I meant you you've got that kind of like the logo, which is just sort of slightly, you've got two logos merged into one in a way, and it's kind of like, oh, and it, it yeah. being focused WP. How did that go down? Just from a sort of like, you know, when people look at it, I was immediately captivated by it because I thought, oh, I've not really seen that before. Did it? Did you get a lot of people saying, no, I can't stare at that? Or people saying, oh, that's cool. Um, well, our whole site, like uh, all the imagery for the most part is in 3D. Like that. It's actually yep. like the oh, 3D effects that you can use with the glasses. Oh, yeah, really I'm works. such an idiot. And, okay. And uh, no, no, you're not an idiot. But I, I had gotten a little carried away and I was starting to get some comments like, 
your site is giving me a headache. And so yep. I had to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Well, I didn't make the connection between needing three. I just thought you'd done it because focus was the key word. And, you know, it was obviously all a bit out. For... Anyway, it's really cool. It's focus.co. Oh, thank you. That would be great. Yeah. And then I'll be able to look at it and go, oh, I see now. I get it. Um, thank you like to those people life. who've already put something in the stream. Hello, Peacha. Um, very nice to have you with hey, us. Peter and I did a show this week. The well, actually, it was last week. The UI UX show, and we had lots of lots of nice comments. And then we've got Copy Flight, which I guess is Todd Jones. Howdy from mm. I'm going to say Arkansas, even though I know it's Arkansas because it <laughs> says Arkansas. And we've also got Courtney. Thank you very much. Recorded a podcast episode with Courtney over the last week as well, which will be coming yes. out not on WP Builds, but on the WP Tavern site fairly soon. Um, where Oh, it's just jumped up a bit. We've got Martin Newman. Hello, everybody, he says. Um, oh, it's moving. It's moving quickly. Hello from Connecticut. That's Peter Ingersoll. He joins us on a regular basis. And then there's somebody called Stephanie Hudson. I've no idea who she is. She's making a comment <laughs> as well. Um, uh, anyway, thank you so much. If Troll. you would like to make comments during the course of this show, please do that. You've seen that lots of people are doing it. However, to avoid the obvious friction, there's a couple of things that you could do. First one, if you're at our wpbuilds.com live page, you need to be logged into Google because it's YouTube comments. So do that. And if you're in our Facebook group, you will struggle to make comments that we can determine who you are unless you carry out this simple little action. I need to create like a jingle or a rhyme or get the, the ukulele <laughs> out for this because I do it every week. Chat.restream.io forward slash FB. No, I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> chat.restream.io forward slash FB, that will allow them to send It just send rolls off the tongue, Nathan. It just rolls just off the tongue. It's just, so easy. Just add, it, just add it to that two-minute video at the beginning of every oh, show. Oh, now you see, that's why you make loads more content than me, because clever <laughs> ideas just come into your head. Yes, that's what I'm going to do in the future. Right. I mean, you say clever ideas, but how many episodes have I been on? And it finally just occurred to me as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're both we're both as, <laughs> as thick as can be. Uh, here we go. Let's talk about WordPress. Not that first, though. Let's go to here. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. Feel free to go there. We've got all of our content archived. And I would like to address the, the elephant in the room. There's a big yellow banner running underneath our main heading area and it says supported by GoDaddy and that's the case we have been we've been very kindly sponsored by GoDaddy for basically the next 12 months or so and uh, whilst I won't make use of that every single week this is the first week where it's happening proper and so I would like to say a great big thank you to the, the team over at GoDaddy Pro for all of their hard work helping to keep us going so that's really kind of them. Okay, right. Let's get stuck into the news this week. Um, Steph, just so that you know, we're all about interrupting. If you want to just sort of take over the conversation, just interrupt what I say. I'm totally happy with that. Um, and in some cases, there'll be nothing for people to talk about. And in some cases, there'll be lots and we'll be inter interrupting each other a lot. That's fine. This first piece is on the WP Tavern website. It's just in Tadlock. It's entitled Gutenberg 13.1 ships with a batch of improvements and implements a new border design component. I don't want to dwell very on this. Very catchy title. Yeah. I mean, they're always very catchy titles. They do what mm -hmm. they say on the tin. They, uh, they, mm -hmm. they, they tell you what they're <laughs> going to be about. Um, and, and it's basically, there's a new category block which has got some settings that's not particularly exciting this is kind of cool if you're into Gutenberg and you are using the core blocks you are probably fairly frustrated quite often 
with how limited the features are compared to your page builder of choice, be it Elementor or Beaver Builder or whatever it might be, which is just abundant in different things. And so things like border controls have been sadly lacking. Well, that's now changed. You can change the different borders for different, you know, the left, the right, the, the top, the bottom. You can make them all exactly how you feel. And it, it almost seems like this should have been shipped right at the beginning. But that's kind of new. Um, what else have we got? There's, uh, I'm not going to talk about that a little bit. There's also options here. The latest plugin release changes the template and used, uh, used to use a media and text block. In the past, a large font was used. They're basically now tidied up this particular block to make it a little bit more easy to write content at the beginning. I don't suppose anybody's got anything to add to that, but I just wanted oh, to mention. I do. Oh, I do. do you know I just, what this is? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Michelle. No, I just want to know where I get that mug. <laughs> Oh, the mug. <laughs> the mug. Mondays don't like me either. Yeah. Do you remember that Boomtown Rat song? Tell me why I don't like Monday. Do you remember that? I do not. Oh. Nope. Bob Geldof? Never. No, not ringing any bells. He organized Live Aid. You've got to be British, I imagine. Yeah. It's a British thing. Mm. Okay. Right. Steph? So this article to me is like uh those that new those new parents it's their first baby and they're like hey he wiggled his toe oh my gosh he squealed oh he pooped like that you guys added borders and we got a whole article about it like are you kidding you changed the you name from like block settings to just settings and we're having like an announcement about it you um That's i'm taking article. it that you don't read the wp tavern very much I do actually. Yeah, because this is Justin's bread and butter. You know, he surfaces all the um, all the like the little minute stuff um, each and every week, and he is that kind of what it's like though? Like, all right, we get it, everybody. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm into all very the detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, there we go. That was that was me just raising that. This may be of more consequence. Let me just raise the screen again. Here we go. Um, so this is over on wordpress.org and WP Diversity. It's an article by Devin. Now, I'm sorry, Devin, I'm not going to be able to pronounce your surname correctly, but I'm going to say Mertztree, but that's probably butchering it. WP Diversity is expanding into APAC, and I'll just quickly quickly read a little bit off the top just to give us some orientation there. Since 2017, the WordPress diversity, sorry, the WP diversity team has been encouraging people from underrepresented and marginalized groups in WordPress to participate and speak at WordCamps and WP meetups. The team has been growing and with different and with the different time zones, not everyone who is interested is able to attend our bi-weekly diversity meetings. Other teams in the, well, I won't dwell on there. Uh, due to this, members of the WP diversity team are starting up a second meeting that will be more accessible to those in the APAC time zones. The meetings will be held in parallel to the AMEREMEA meetings, Thursdays, second and the fourth week of the month. And I know, Michelle, that this is mm -hmm. very dear to your heart. I don't know if this is going to make any difference to you because you are obviously able to access it in the time zone of the original meetings. But I'm guessing the more the merrier, right? Well, in the true spirit of diversity and inclusion more than diversity, um, making things like this accessible to people around the world is, is super important. I give a talk called um, diversity in tech is, is basically everybody's uh, issue and that accessibility is more than disability accommodation. Accessibility means that everybody should have access to the same things. And sometimes that means underrepresented people don't get the things that they should and don't have access to the things that they should. And so making this accessible on the other side of the world in those time zones is really super important. 
I'm going to ask Cameron, who's in our comments. I, I, he commented just a moment ago, so I presume he's still listening. Cameron, with with being in Australia, how how much of the community stuff do you do you have to stay up crazy hours for? So, as an example, you listen to this really regularly, but I'm guessing it's like ten, maybe eleven at night or something. In other words, it's super inconvenient and. I'm just wondering how much of the community in general. So I'm going to just fire that one out to Cameron and see if he responds to that. And if we just sit and wait for him to come. Yeah, do we do? All right, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll bring out my ukulele and I will sing hits from the Boomtown Rats. Incidentally, it's not just me, Peter Ingersoll. Look, he knows Boomtown Rats are in my playlist. I'm with you, Nathan. Yeah, me and Peter. Um, right. Okay. So yeah, no, we won't wait for. Um, he said Cameron, he but... actually says it's about eleven p.m. where he is now. Oh okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, thirteen hours or fourteen hours for me, fourteen for me. So, but all of these different things, you know, the the these sort of like things that we're doing shows and the 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 WordPress meetups, the Slack channels mm-hmm. that are open. Do you have to? Do you miss out essentially on a lot of that kind of stuff being where you are? And obviously, you're in the sort of same time zone as. Uh, well, equivalent to things like Bangkok and where the, the WordCamp Asia is going to be. What's Yeah, he hasn't replied, but okay. Uh, anything on that, Rob? Anything on that, Steph? No, I think it's an ongoing issue of being in the online world. I mean, I do seminars in Europe quite often. You're five hours ahead of me, Nathan. And I, I've got a, a marketer I follow actually in Australia and his seminars are... 14 hours difference. So I think it's just something you have the problem no matter where you are. You just got to kind of figure out what works for you. I really, one I really thing, think. One thing I think is so awesome that is like, this is such a good problem to have because we have a global network. Like we have this amazing yeah. global community. How cool is that? That we're exposed to all these different cultures and things, mm-hmm. but it does make certain things for example, I don't wake up in the single digits, and yet here I am today, just for you, Nathan. Oh, you are good. Yeah. I'm so, going to write know, you a song in make... the style of the Boomtown Rats. Listen, when this you is can't finished. keep teasing this ukulele without pulling it out. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I think it's really cool. It is complicated, though. It is complicated. I've got a group, and we try and do group things, and it's, you know, everybody's. I mean, there's just always going to be a slice of the globe that's asleep. So we have a reply hot in off the presses. Thank you, Cameron. I'll put you on the spot there. But you are, I think, our single viewer from that part of the world at the moment. Uh, Cameron says, there's definitely an issue with how America-centric the global community seems to be. That's interesting. Uh, things are either in the middle of the workday or middle of the night. Okay. Yeah. So this is good then, I guess. Um, it says here, here's, here's the criteria really. They're saying you'd be interested in this if you are in the Asia-Pacific region. You care about diversity and inclusion in WordPress, particularly in Asia-Pacific. You are able to join meetings possibly two hours a month, and that would be split into individual meetings of one hour each. Uh, It makes the point that you could go and make comments about this, but I don't actually see any comments because I'm not logged in because I'm in an incognito window, so I don't know if anybody has commented there or not. And follow-up comment from Cameron, like I was specifically invited to a certain core meeting a few weeks ago, except that it was at 5 a.m. Yeah, I get the point, yeah. Uh, And then Christian Van (laughs) Hoff. 
it's it's all it's always beer o'clock somewhere. Yeah, that's a, I I should never ever learn that fact because if I could excuse uh, myself, <laughs> if it's not if it's not beer o'clock, you can whine about it too. Get it? I like it. <laughs> I like it. I, I'm going to need a ukulele just for the din 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 din. All right, sound. get the ukulele. Where I haven't got it? a ukulele anywhere near me. It's downstairs, and actually, to be honest, I'm dreadful at playing it. So I'm... you you need one of those little boxes where you can push and have like the different noises go off. Oh, do you know I have oh, one yeah, of those? Yeah, I have one of those, yeah. and I nearly oh, deployed it on one episode, and I uh, just never did. <laughs> right, okay. Anyway, that's really big news. Pretty slow. Yes. The sound effects thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, we're sort of making light around it, but it is big news. And it is good if, stuff. if you're in that part of the world, this is really important. So the article is over at make.wordpress.org. Just go search. It was on the 22nd of April. WP Diversity is expanding to APAC. Somewhat related to that, um, this, is, I, I, this I think is very cool and very clever, and it kind of sidesteps a bit of a problem that we've got. This is, again, WP Tavern. It's Sarah Gooding. WordCamp US trials new program connecting underrepresented speakers with sponsors for travel and lodging costs. And it's done in the context of WordCamp US, which is taking place in September, later this year, in San Diego. And there's a new trial program which is endeavoring to collect, connect speakers from underrepresented groups with companies that would agree to sponsor their travel and lodging. Now, I'm guessing that Michelle, again, will have something to say about it, but I'll just read you a quick quote, and this comes from a WP organizer. It doesn't actually say which one. It says, to improve diverse representation at WordCamp US, our program team has looked into the barriers that hold different groups back, the largest of which is the cost of hotel and airfare travel. And that's, you know, that's totally bona fide, isn't it? That the airfare, if you come in from abroad, particularly is going to be really very expensive. And depending on where you come from in the world, the hotel costs as well, are just an added insult to that. And if you are coming from a great big company that can support you already, then that's fine. But that's possibly not what we want. We probably want things to be a bit more diverse. And then stepping up, was um, Master WP. If you haven't seen their website, you can Google it, Master WP. They've decided to take this offer and run with it. They're going to offer six, I believe it was, six um, people exactly that. They're going to pay for their uh, lodgings and flights. And I'll quote from Rob Howard from Master WP. The largest, and I think this quote kind of sums everything up, the largest and most obvious barrier to attending and speaking at WordCamp is money. In order to offer a truly equal opportunity to, to everyone, the WordPress Foundation needs to set aside enough money to pay for the airfare and lodgings of every speaker and organizer, period. Anything less than this privileges people who work for WordPress companies or people who have the disposable income for a random trip to San Diego. So two things in here. Firstly, there's this new initiative, which sounds really cool. If enough companies will help, hopefully we can overcome the barrier because they'll be connected with the companies who can do it. But Rob raises a good point in that should WordCamp, upon giving you the offer of a speaker position at a big WordCamp like US or Europe, should they be paying for your costs? And on that, going to drop that and then let you guys argue it out. It's a yes. tough one. The, the costs are going to come. I mean, stuff's going to be paid for no matter what. Like that money, it's just a matter of shifting around where that money comes from, right? 
airfare still costs what it costs. The hotel costs what it costs. So we can all say, sit here and say like, yeah, they should pay for speakers because we all are speakers, right? So they should pay. You should even get maybe get a, a stipend or a, a fee for speaking as well. But guess what? Then we don't have $50 tickets that include our lunches for three days and all that stuff. you know i mean like it's so cheap to go to word camps and so do we you know like it's it's gonna change some 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 which way i do love this though because you know we in north america in western europe and places like this we benefit from being able to spend less money on certain services and things in other parts of the world in Asia, in the Philippines, in India, things like that. So wouldn't it be fair if we, if there was also a, a balancing out of these other costs? You know, I mean, to me, it's like we're benefiting. Can't we also help? I, I'm, I'm all for it. I like it. The trouble is, is that stuff like this gets abused. And how do you regulate it? And how do you keep people mm -hmm. from buying a first class ticket or, other, you know, or what hotels are you going to put them up in? Or, you know, there's so many decisions to be made. And how do you you know, like who gets these benefits, who qualifies for it and who doesn't. It, it's a, it gets a little sticky in the details. There's a few comments coming through, which I'll raise in a moment, but I'll, I'll let Rob and Michelle have their go at it first. Yeah, I, I want to jump in and uh, I know I'm going to go to the comments. Pika just said uh, paying uh, sponsorship should sort of pay speakers. I don't think we need to think of it as paying the speaker for the time. I think we need to kind of put it in a framework of helping them get to the WordCamp. So we got to be, as Stephanie said, we got to be really careful about how we do this and why, because there will always be people that will abuse it. But I, that said, I'm all for helping people get there to be able to do their talks. So I think in the long run, it's a good idea, but there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road as we go. Mm, thank you, Rob. Michelle, for the final one. I think compensation for all speakers definitely should be something that's talked about. I've spoken at outside of WordPress. I've also spoken at events where the, the thank you was just a certificate you could frame and hang on your wall, you know, and, and like, frankly, I have a drawer full of certificates I can hang on the wall. Right. Um, and I think when you so when you're speaking, there's two things you look at. You're looking or more than two things. You're looking to get your name out more and you're looking to build a name for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you're investing that time and effort in yourself. You're also looking to share knowledge with other people and try to kind of have some altruism there, right, to be able to do that. But the bottom line is that if you aren't getting compensated at some level or sponsored to attend and speak, then you are disadvantaged. And we know that underrepresented folks typically make less and are in less in fewer positions of authority than you know than their white and privileged counterparts and so in order to kind of even the playing field a little bit we need to be able to make sure that people who don't have the ability to attend and to speak and to share their body of knowledge have the ability to do so and so i think this is a really good start i agree that you know, all it would be great if we could pay all speakers, but it's more than that. I think it's really about making sure that we have uh, representation from all groups and that we have inclusion from all groups and that we're not just hearing from that top echelon of people who happen to look more like the rest of us. On this, <laughs> There's not a non-white face on the screen right now. Um, at least we're half women right now. We're 50% diversity as far as um, gender, but 
uh, I really do think that we need to find ways. If it, I think this is the first, a great first step. I think that just like anything that you introduce, we're going to see, you know, at, at, we're going to see how it improves over time and how they create a process that um, is transparent and fair. I also think that what, um, what Rob is doing is great because he's also, um, I don't know if this was in the article because I don't remember, but also opened up, um, <laughs> I used to work for GiveWP. So Rob, if you're listening, you should be using GiveWP, not GoFundMe, but they're using <laughs> uh, GoFundMe right now um, so that smaller companies who can't afford to sponsor an entire um, trip for somebody, airfare and hotel and all of that, can contribute what they want to that fund and that will be dispersed through his company to be able to um, to let other people contribute to that as well. So I think there's a lot of things that will improve going forward. I think this is a great first step. Do you know, whilst you were saying that, something occurred to me. First of all, I'll come back to that in a second. I, I was interested by Stephanie's idea of a stipend where let's say that you you agreed to be a speaker and that probably is going to take three days out of your life, maybe more. If there was some agreement where you would be paid let's say in US dollars, an amount which was equivalent to what it would cost to live in that location for three days based upon board, uh, I don't know, a typical hotel, you know, you're not going to be going to the Ritz or anything like that. Um, so maybe that's, I don't know, 180, 200, 250 bucks a day or something like that. And that would be equated in. And so you would be not just putting a presentation together on the basis of you want to speak, but you'd also be putting together a presentation on the basis that you would also be uh, put up if you were successful. Another thing, as you were speaking, Michelle, you're talking about Give WP. Here's an idea. What if when you bought a WordCamp ticket, which is, let's say it's 50 bucks, what if you could tick a box that said, I will additionally add in another 10, 20, whatever the amount you wish to do, which will be used to pay for the speakers. Um, and I, I would imagine that a significant proportion, if you're in the comments and you feel like replying, just give us a yay or a nay. Um, I'd pay the 10, 20, 30 dollars on top because I know how cheap as chips those tickets already are. And that money is kept in a totally separate pot and given out as and when is needed. There are, what, 3,000 attendees at WordCamp Europe typically these days. So if we multiplied 3,000 by $20 per person, I can't do the maths, but it's quite a large number of zeros, and it may be that that might help. Anyway, there you go. There's my Could idea. be, And I will say that you there do. are some non-WordPress, but WordPress adjacent companies like the Adirond, um, event last week, they, they offered to pay speakers. You could, you could opt out of it if you wanted to. Um, I recently put on WP career summit. You could opt and out of that. You would be surprised sometimes. Well, it depends. No, no, some companies don't, don't pay me. Some, com <laughs> some companies don't allow you to receive, um, income oh. from, an, from an outside source. And so there's that option, but, uh, the WP career summit, we paid a $200 stipend. And if you wanted to, you could have that money go to Big Orange Heart instead. So if you couldn't receive it, it could be sent someplace else. And I'm trying to remember, there was a third one recently too. Oh, I think it's um, WordSesh also pays their speakers. So, and, and these are online events. And so you're getting paid, I don't know, $200, $250 uh, to speak, but it's honoring the time and it's honoring the efforts of your speakers. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's loads of comments coming in about this. Seems to be a, a hot topic. Firstly, we'll start with Cameron because he sort of kicked it off and got in early. He said it's a good start. So he's talking about the article where the companies are being linked up to the people speaking. Uh, it's a good start, but frankly, all speakers should have their travel and accommodation costs for all WordCamps, in my opinion. Okay, so he's capitalized all. So he doesn't just mean the big ones. He's talking about the, the local ones mm -hmm. as well. Okay, thank you, Cameron. Interesting. And then Peach has got a fairly lengthy couple of comments. I'll read, read them all now. Peach and Neri, um, I actually think that part of the sponsorship should absolutely go towards paying the speakers. This way we could invite speakers of relevance instead of relying on volunteers from the community. Good point. And then she carries on, which is great, but very limiting as well as sometimes detrimental in a variety of ways. Definitely we can keep the $50 tickets by leverage, leveraging sponsorship money. And Peach is speaking from experience, especially with WordCamp Europe coming up because you know she is actually speaking at that event. Uh, she wants to also shout out. I can't remember when that came <laughs> up and what she was agreeing with, but she's agreeing with you. She just um, thinks I say everything right. Yeah, just, just everything it's, that you say. It's just a blanket statement. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Palmer. Hi, Andrew. By allowing commercials before and after speaker presentations, more companies would take part, i.e. presenting presented by so-and-so. Okay, so more spot. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Do word camps... The live things. Do I like this that? idea. I like this idea because it's like don't don't just put it on me because I'm attending. Like I'm paying my fifty dollar ticket to attend, and like they set that price. So why should I have to pay more to pay for the speakers? Like, isn't the fifty dollar ticket for me to come and hear these speakers? So, like, and Peach said it earlier too. Like, put this on the sponsors. Sponsors are getting tons of exposure and things like that. You know, I mean, if they need to raise the ticket price, raise the ticket price, but but don't make me volunteer. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I yeah, no, I understand. Bit, yeah, the, it's a um, bit of an ask. Like, if because if you raise the ticket ten dollars and you get three thousand, like that's thirty thousand dollars. When yeah. I've attended pay for a few camps. hotel rooms. Yeah, when I've attended WordCamps, there's been, you know, there's obviously, a, there's a real separation between the advertising area, the sponsorship areas and the, the speakers areas. And the two are just, they just, there's just no combination. You know, you've got to be in a totally separate spot. And I, if, if memory serves, I can't remember, but I think the case is that you just step up your presentation is introduced and you begin speaking. There is no sort of like commercial area like you might find on television or something. So uh, I guess that's Andrew's point is that there might be opportunities, especially if it was on a live feed or something with having those in there. I don't know how the community would react to that, but that's a really interesting point. Thank you, uh, Andrew. And then Cameron's back again. I know there are word camps like that. They do community sponsors for like $20 more. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Anyway, if you feel that your company could contribute, then maybe just go and check out this article. It's WP Tavern, and there's links to the trial program in the first line where you could go, just like Joe Howard from Master WP did, um, and offer a, presumably a number of places. I don't know what that figure would look like, but um, thank you, thank you, uh, Rob Howard, for, for doing that. That's great. Okay. One other thing somewhat related... Anybody heading to WordCamp EU? This is a nice little bonus. It's kind of related to what we've just been talking about. Free childcare will be offered to you if you're going to WordCamp EU. Now, I don't know 
I don't know if this was always announced or if they just wrote the blog post, but the blog post got written a few days ago, so it, it surfaced in my head. Maybe I proved this was... it, so it, it wasn't on there before then. <laughs> okay, perfect. And do you know, um, Michelle, if that's the case, was this offer always there? In other words, was it always the bargain that if you came to WordCamp Europe, you could bring your children, or is that a new kind of I believe it's on? new. Well, in that case, bravo, there Mm -hmm. are tickets still on sale. And I don't know in what form that childcare will, you know, what what it'll look like. Um, But basically, for the for the days of the conference from the 2nd to the sorry, yeah, the 2nd to the 4th of June this year in Porto, they will look after um, any children up to the age of 16, which is actually pretty pretty generous i would i I don't know why Mm -hmm. 16 seemed like quite an old age to me but when i saw that i was thinking it would be the smaller children but so you can do that totally for free um and if that's the impediment to you going because you need to look after your children during those hours maybe maybe this is enough to uh, to get you to purchase that ticket. So we've done loads what of work. What if I just stories. feel a tantrum coming and I need a beanbag chair and some noise canceling headphones? That's right. That's you are right. over sixteen. You will have to find your own yeah, timeout room. Gotta bring your own. <laughs> bring your own little soothing it's, device. It's called your room. hotel room. <laughs> yeah, no, it's called the oh, bar. Right. <laughs> Definitely called the bar. Um, right, 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 right. Uh, oh, there's some more. Andrew, I'm sorry, we've sort of moved on. Oh, I'll show it. It's Andrew back again about the sponsorship. Sponsors are really limited in what they can do to advertise their business. It's almost courtesy payment in my view. Okay, yeah, thank you. They are very much separated, aren't they, at WordCamps? There's a big, big red line you must not cross. Um, okay. Right. Are you ready for this week's WordPress drama? Are you all buckled in? Because yes. I think this one is about Bring as it. big as a big of a doozy as we've had for years, frankly. It really feels like this has got a lot of people angry. And here it comes. Right, ready? Everybody take 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 just take a moment, be calm. The world is not gonna die. Nobody's gonna die as a result of this, but it's important that we raise it. Back on the tavern. Member press. That's probably all I need to say for this audience. Um, <laughs> the word member press. Member press plugin is locking out users after support license expires. Right. Firstly, caveat I've never used member press. I have no idea in reality, other than what I've read, what is being hobbled. So forgive me if I stray into territory, which and then I turn out to be wrong. But the, the broad brushstroke that I've got from this is that the membership plugin member press, from now, if you have a, a license and that license it expires, rather than the plugin just carrying on working, as most plugins do, um, and you just lose perhaps updates and support, the the code has been rewritten in such a way that they will actually limit the functionality. They will stifle, hobble, stymie, and other such words. What the plugin can do, in other words, it feels a bit like a SaaS product where, you know, your sub for the month has come to an end. You mm-hmm. haven't decided to carry on. It goes away. It becomes useless to you. You can maybe log in and update your billing instruction, but that's about it. So, 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 this all began on Reddit when somebody with a Reddit username of Hamsternose opened the discussion and they said, I quote, I just discovered that the membership, sorry, the member press plugin has changed its subscription model and will now cease to work the second your license expires and you need, and you need to 
reticence it to working again. That seems like the wrong word, but never mind. This is my first WordPress plugin I've come across that works this way. Blah de blah de blah. Okay, and then there were some other things which came along. This is um, somebody talking about the policy on the admin screen. Essentially, you'll be able to keep using MemberPress on the front end of your site indefinitely. So hold that thought. It will keep working on the front end when your subscription ends. However, you won't be able to access the plugin admin screens or functions unless you renew. Now, this kind of... I didn't really work out the importance of this, and then Sarah Gooding summed it up beautifully. Cutting off access to the plugins admin screen leaves users without the ability to manage the membership functions of their sites if their subscriptions lapse. This prevents users from doing things like issuing customer refunds, adding new members, managing memberships and site activations and other actions. Well, you can imagine how this went down. Um, I didn't find much in the way of support for this. There was the lots and lots and I mean, thirty comments. And on a WP Tavern article, that's a that's a pretty good number of comments. And if you read through them all, mostly they are saying, "What good way to lose customers? I can't believe this is happening. Why have they done this?" And then you know the odd one sort of throwing in, "It's their business. They can do it. This it's the, you know it's their business. They can do what they like with their business and so on." But it is definitely unusual. I'm going to drop that bomb, and now I'm going to back away and see what all three are. I, I, I am okay. almost certain I know what you're going to say, but let's see. <laughs> no, no, you don't. So here you go, Nathan. So my take on this, now, people need to understand I come from a corporate world before I got into WordPress and marketing. And in the corporate world, we pay for licenses for machines. We pay for licenses for operating systems. We pay for a license for everything. And there is a support cost to supporting all this stuff one way or the other. So where I stand is it depends on what the terms of the plugin were when you bought it. So did the plugin say that once your year is up and if you don't renew it would become useless. If that is in the terms of the purchase agreement, I'm good with that. If that is not in the terms of the purchase agreement, I have a big problem with that. So it all depends on how it was sold. And member press, if I recall, is owned by Awesome Motive, and they have a tendency to do stuff like this. So they probably weren't clear in the terms of purchase. So let me give you an example of that. There's a well-known theme on ThemeForce called Aveda. Aveda's policy is you buy a license and you only get support for six months unless you renew your support agreement. But you get the updates and you choose to, you know, you don't lose access to it. That is in their terms of their purchase agreement. So that's what it comes down to because there's no way that you can purchase a one-year license and frankly say, okay, you can run it indefinitely. No, you bought a one-year license. So I, I humbly disagree with some of the comments, and it all depends on how it was presented up front. And that that's really my, good point. Yeah. And that's now my time to get out of this conversation too. <laughs> no, that is a really good point. The, the, and again, I'm being very careful to sort of like lay all the eggshells yep. out in front of me before I clumsily tread yep. on them all. Um, I don't know 
what there was in that license agreement but from the but from the reading of it it feels as if it may have changed but i i, I humbly um yeah tread on those eggshells uh right do you mind if i just do a couple of comments quickly because i've got um... can i jump in on one nathan really quick Please um do. go ahead go ahead with cameron's but if you could throw uh Mark King's comment up on the screen, and he says it's not about if it's legal, it's about if it's fair. If it's in the purchase agreement and you don't read your contract, that's fair. I'm sorry. I, I humbly disagree. I am so. I've been through it with clients over the years. I've been through it with other people. And they, they sign something or they agree to buy, and then they say it's not fair, but you agree to it. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I disagree. Thank you. Marcin Newman is making that. Um, yeah, um, Rob, are you able to just sort of turn your mic down a sure. little bit? It's gone, it's gone awfully loud suddenly. Um, coming in right. hot, Rob. Pardon? You're coming in hot. You're coming oh, in yeah. uh, Right, okay. So first of all, let's do this one. This is Cameron, who we mentioned earlier. He's, he's a plugin developer. He said, this is a fun one. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Uh, I see yeah. both sides of this and not entirely sure where I stand. As a developer, I can totally understand the reasoning, but as a user, it seems heavy-handed. Good point. This is perhaps the most important yes, bit, though, that Cameron raises. It's worth noting that the way it's implemented does not violate the GPL, and it yeah. does not. It you can legitimately sell your plugins for a fee and you can do this thing. My understanding is what you may not do is you may not make it impossible for somebody to go in there and rip out the code that it that stops this from happening. You know, in other words, you if you want to go and download this and you want to pull the code out which references their subscription system, you are totally welcome to do that. I guess the the, the premise of the business is most people want the convenience of a membership plugin. They don't want to be going around and pulling the code apart, but it doesn't violate the GPL. So that's worth uh, mentioning. And who else have we got? We've got uh, Idea Swell with a hint of mayo, which, by the way, is the best uh, name we've had on this show thus far. That's genius. I don't even know what that means. Even if it was in the terms, it was clearly impl implied that a subscription for support was not uh, was was for sorry was for support not function being unclear and now all of a sudden enforcing such terms equals bad business um whoever you are idea swell with a hint of mayo do you have a plug-in license for members for member press and have you been able to identify what the changes uh were because if you can highlight those that'd be really interesting and what do we got here? Andrew Palmer. Oh, we're back to I'm just going to pull that one feature if that's okay. Right. Sorry, me and Rob have had a go, but I've left Steph and I've left Michelle out of this conversation thus far. So it's over to you. Well, I'm going to let Steph have a word. And then ha having worked in the plugin industry for the last four and a half years, I'll, I'll come in at the end. I, I'm not, I think you can go, Michelle. I'm not, I'm sort of with <laughs> like what Cameron said. Like I see both sides of this and I, it feels a little icky. But it's by, technically it's by the book, like Rob said. But it's it just feels icky and it feels mm -hmm. uncool. It doesn't feel like it's very WordPressy. But yeah. but does that make it wrong? You know, I mean, it's their business if they want to do this, and if people don't want to buy their product after that, I mean, that's kind of life, right? Like that's we're all grown ups. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right, Michelle. Then. As you, so with, for, your, with your plug-in company hat yeah. on, let's hear it. Yeah. So for four years, almost four years, I was the director of customer success for GiveWP. And since then, I've been with all of Stellar WP's plugins. And so I 
absolutely am on the other side of this, right? Where I'm hearing the customers um, and, and reading the customers and talking to the customers. And let me tell you how upset they get if they think they just don't have support and access to updates, you know, when, when they have to pay another year just to be able to access priority support. I can only imagine what the support people for this plugin have been dealing with since this hit and all of this went live and people are up in arms about it because to hold the company line on something like this, whether you agree or not, is very difficult from that standpoint. And it can be demoralizing as somebody who's working in the company to have people just completely attacking you personally because you have to uphold the company line. So first off and foremost, I would say to whoever is behind receiving all of these, you know, hate mail that's going on right now, I have some solidarity I feel for you. But I also think that it does feel unfair that you wouldn't have access to your own to your own dashboard. Um, you know, I I sometimes equate things with cars, right? So I would have people say, you know, I bought the plug-in last year. I've, I've had it for seven months. I haven't used it. Can I get a refund? And the answer is no. If you drove a car home and you put it in your garage and didn't use it for seven months, you're still paying on that car, right? So, I mean, there's different things like that. But the truth is you still have the car in your garage. <laughs> whether you've paid for support or not, whether you've taken it to the mechanic or not, I still have a key and I can open it and I can turn it on. I can do the things I need to do. And that is not the case here. And so is it legal? Is it whatever? Absolutely. They can do what they want with, with, with what they have. Um, the fairness aspect has a lot to do with how we generally participate in the WordPress ecosystem as businesses. And this goes against what most of us have, you know, a, an unspoken agreement with how things work. And, and I agree, Andrew just said, it's fair to stop updates because of a lapse or renewal, but to shut down users completely is not a great idea. I agree, do you know who this is a great idea for? This is a great idea. If they want to do what they do, then paid memberships pro is probably getting a whole bunch of new customers this week. Um, BB press, like buddy press, all of these other membership plugins, um, people are probably jumping ship and going to those. And yes, it's a pain in the rear end to switch plugins. But if I was if I was yeah. Kim and I'm friends with Kim, I'll have to ask her later. If I was Kim, I'd be writing a program right now that would migrate everything from MemberPress to paid memberships. Well, okay, and make it easy. <laughs> it's interesting because um, I've forgotten um, the surname. Uh, not the surname. Coleman. What's Kimberly. his first name? Oh, Jason. Um, Jason. Jason yeah, Coleman. They own it together. Right, right. But I couldn't remember his name. So yeah. Jason Coleman was was as you would be, right? He was right in the comments um, of this particular piece and just sort of putting his different angle. And so it, it almost feels like you have gifted your competition a great big moral victory. Um, I don't know if that was the intention or not, but it does feel like if, if, if you were wavering, if you were fairly close to the renewal date, like you're a couple of months out and you're going to be thinking about whether to carry this on, it does feel like you've basically handed a proportion of your customers' use, mm -hmm. user base entirely on the on loyalty. You've just given them away. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's interesting to me, though, is is this, and it's that my supposition always with paid plugins, and and I, I've I've had this thought in my head and I don't know where it got planted but this is what I've always thought I always thought that you played for paid for updates and support so those were the two things I'm not paying for the for the thing to work I'm paying in the future for updates and support now what member member press seem to have done is throw in a third thing so now 
I'm always going to be looking for, I'm going to be paying for updates, support, and the ability for the thing to keep working as is. And I don't want a third thing to look for. I just want it to be updates and support because that's easy for me to understand. And yes, this is legal. Yes, it doesn't contravene the GPL. Is it clever of them? It doesn't feel like it. They just seem to be, it's like a deluge of bad press. So anyway, maybe this is the way things will go. It could be. And, and, you know, Andrew says that learning a trend. Is it going to be a trend now? I don't, I, you know, I think for all the backlash they've had, I don't think we're going to see this be a trend, actually. Um, I, and I am such a, I'm a bad person because I forgot to mention that LearnDash actually has a way for you to import your members, member press. Somebody <laughs> was just angrily you. tweeting you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Palmer put it in the notes and I was like, yeah, I should have thought that. I mean, LearnDash is definitely, um, you know, d- deals with membership as well, but it's specifically for, um, education and online online learning, so it, it's why it didn't pop in my head immediately. Um, well, we, but, we but, had yeah, Jack there's... on last week, and if he'd have been on yes. this week, it would have just been like a slam dunk, wouldn't it? But <laughs> you know, I just I don't understand though why you would kibosh your business, so, do something so different to everybody else. Um, maybe the supposition is that most some people just won't notice, or it'll be a storm in a teacup. But of course, as soon as it gets picked up from with somebody like the Tavern, and then all the other news organizations around the WordPress space. And, you know, here we are talking about it and we're not, we're not talking about it in favorable ways. Um, yeah. Let's see how this pans out. Maybe in six months time, they'll have walked it back. Maybe they'll have stuck to their guns and they'll just be like, okay, we're, we're SAS now essentially. And they're happy with that. Right. Lots of comments coming in about this, which I'm going to yes. have to raise. Uh, da, 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 right. Let's see how far honestly, while you're scanning, to- honestly, the, uh, what Rob said at the beginning, this is only like bonkers in this little bubble that yeah. we're in of WordPress. Like, I mean, even all of us, we like, I don't know, Adobe software, whether it was the, you know, you know, when now that you're or whatever other kind of software like that, you stop your payments. It doesn't work. Ah, like, yes. But isn't, isn't the, isn't that component of this is the community we're in? Isn't that important? In the sense that if you no, if the if the if the modus operandi is it's support and updates, nothing else, and then that's the total expectation of that community. If somebody else steps out of that, and and what you've got as your uh, recourse for that is well, it's not against the law, but if it's right. against the expectations of it's... all of the people in the community, it does seem it's okay, a bit but it feels peculiar. icky. That's what yeah. I said. It feels well, yeah. wait, so and I, I wonder if they're gambling too because mm. I mean. I haven't done a lot of a lot of membership sites, but they are a pain in the neck. There is a ton to do. Yeah. It's not a super easy fix. It's not an easy thing. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to just hit the easy button and just renew their subscription and keep on rolling. I mean, they're going to lose some customers, but they're not going to lose all their customers. No. Ah, good point. And I meant to raise that. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing as well, isn't it, that you are – you are wedded to, to some extent, you know, once you've got three years of your mm-hmm. membership plugin and you've got all of it t- locked in, it's like your bank. Styled, you, as soon as you functioning. get, yeah, yeah. Everything's all sorted. It's like your bank. Your you've client set your bank knows how to use it. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's a bit of that. Maybe they're just working on the basis that there's going to be some atrophy. People are not going to change. And in if there's enough of that, if 50% of them stay with us, it's a win. 
Um, yeah, maybe that's us being a bit cynical. I yeah. don't know. Right, let's get to some of these comments. Andrew Palmer, uh, first off, he says, it's fair enough to, uh, to stop updates because of a lapse of renewal, but to shut users down completely um, is not uh, a great idea. Yep. And then Marcus, hello, Marcus, not giving admins the ability, the excuse me, the ability to end memberships or provide refunds is the messy part here. Let me just pass that again in my head. Not giving the the admins the ability to end memberships or provide refunds. Okay, yeah. So basically you are locked out from the things that really you are probably legally compelled to comply with. Like if somebody wants a refund and your terms say, I will give you a refund within 14 days and now you can't, you're in hot water, aren't you? I mean, realistically, um, you can always give a refund through your payment processor, right? Point. You can log into yep. Stripe, you could log into, yep. but it's messy because now things aren't, aren't matching yeah. between your two programs. Yeah, not adding new members is fair. Not being able to help paying customers is tough. Okay, so yeah, you can sort of see it from both sides there. Um, Marcus, LearnDash don't have that. Um, da, 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 excuse me, I'm struggling to keep up with the comments this episode. I do have a license. Okay, so I asked um, Ideaswell. I'm just going to say Ideaswell because the it's too long. Um, and I use it, but I have not let the subscription lapse. However, this makes me unhappy with the company. Okay, I'm going to ask you the question then, Ideaswell. Let's let's ask you directly. Are you going to let it lapse? You say you have not let the subscription lapse. What do you think? Is this enough to? Is this enough of a kick in the teeth to make you say no next time? Uh, he carries on. I often let subscriptions lapse if I don't need the support, and there's no major security fixes. Once such a security patch is out, then I'll buy an update. Oh, that's an interesting posture on plugins. Buy it, stop paying for it, and then if something urgent happens, pay for it again. Yeah, okay. Um, da -da 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 -da. And there's lots to say here. Lifetime deals. Becoming annual subscriptions were a trend two years ago, I think. And then Andrew Palmer, awesome motive. Have over two, what? 2,300 million users of their stuff. How does, have you just made a number up there? Um, They're trying to change <laughs> the way people Are you typing with stuff. mittens on again, Andrew? Yeah, <laughs> that's a very big number. That's 2.3 billion. He corrected himself, Nathan. He oh, actually oh, said thank 200 you. million users. That's yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. Yeah, sorry, Andrew. I should have been more thoughtful and read. Crikey, the comments just keep going. I think we could do the comments all day. You okay. three who are looking at the comments as well, is there any that you think I should pull up? We don't normally get this many, but is there one that you think... Ideas, ideas well answered you, Nathan. He said he won't renew his subscription now. Yeah, look at that. Uh, I won't now. No lapsing. Can't afford those function losses. Okay, so they've lost at so least one person. I made a comment about that, you know, we, that there's an expectation within the community that these things don't happen. And Cameron did respond and say mm -hmm. it might not align with the expectations of the community, but a few years ago, the expectation was that plugins are free. This whole, mm. like the, the all of the media that's around this reminds me of a few years ago when Yoast put in on, on I think it was on Black Friday, put advertising on the, the WordPress dashboard. Mm. And everybody was up in arms about the fact that this pop-up happened on their WordPress dashboard. And like they're, they're, they're they got slammed in the repo, like their one-star reviews, like Yoast just got raked over the coals for that. What do you see now every time you log into your WordPress dashboard? Oh. You see advertising all the time. Yeah. And so even though we were all up in arms about it back then, I'm constantly like, I have to scroll down to get to like, 
the actual content on my dashboard if I want to see it because there's so many different things that are layered in there now. So oh. you know, camera may be onto something. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, we're in an about face. <laughs> He's uh, changed position. No, sorry, I won't let it lapse. Uh, says idea. I will renew. I cannot afford the function losses. Okay. So okay. 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 So you are going to let it renew, but it sounds like it's pretty grudging because you've you've said I will renew. I cannot afford the function losses. So you're over a bit of a, what's the word? You're over a barrel. You, you're feeling a bit yeah. cheesed off, but you're going to renew anyway because they got you. They got you. And there's just it too much to feel time. Like, it started to feel like Saeed is the Elon Musk of WordPress, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's too developed and designed. So it's exactly what we said uh, to jump ship. So you yeah. put in too much work. There's no turning back on a... Yeah, on on the basis of how of these. That's what these I was changes. saying. Yeah, they're gonna. People are just gonna have to do it. They've got to. Yeah. But I also I also think moving forward, like plugin developers, companies, and I've been on this tear of late too. Despite what I said, have to think about what the community wants and what they don't want. And I'm a very big person that if I don't like the way a particular company is treating the community, I will not deal with them. So I think. In the WordPress space, we're so community focused that we got to get these companies to kind of think about what the community is looking for. And I think that's the important fact. The other important fact in this one is communication. I don't think the communication around this has been very good. And I think this is where a lot of this stuff breaks down is companies don't want to communicate properly. And that's a big issue. Uh, Michelle, you know you were just yes. mentioning about the uh, the ads from Yoast. Uh, I yes. keep honestly this this plugin. Yeah. It's not even a plugin. You know what I'm going to say, Rob. Um, I guess you know what's coming. This is um, Ross Wintle's fabulous Google Chrome. It works in Brave. It works in yeah. Firefox. It's a it's an extension to your browser. I'm just going to pop it on the screen. I keep plugging it. I'm, you know, there's, there's I use it to too, me. So go ahead, plug away. <laughs> it's called Turbo Admin. This is the paid version. I think it's 35 bucks a year, but there's a free version on the repo. Mm -hmm. And it will sweep up all of your little advertising niggles in every WordPress. You don't have to install it in your WordPress site. Because it's in the browser, it somehow reads the DOM, figures out what what's an advert, and then it just scoops it out. So you, you get like a moment where you see it, and then it's gone for good. And, and But it's still there. It's still there. If you want to access them, another little panel is added to your admin, and you can see, I think it says something like notifications or something like that. So highly recommended. It's really working well for me. It does a whole load of other things. If you've got like, it's got like Spotlight, uh, which you've got on the Mac, where you can just start typing, and it will get, take you to that bit of the WordPress admin and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So highly recommended um, Turbo Admin. Will it get rid of the it. WordPress 5.9 balloons? Because why? Uh, Why do they not go away? No, I, it, I, do you know oh. what? I don't know yeah. if it would get rid of those, but it also it, it does a whole load of other stuff. Like it collapses the the admin bar at the top to almost nothing if you don't want to get involved in that. Right, comments are still coming in thick and fast. Uh, anything of interest there? Sorry, I've been talking. I haven't been watching. Rob, Michelle, Stephanie, is there any comment that caught your attention? If not, we'll we'll move on. I think we should. I think we beat it to death. We have. We beat this one to death. Okay. Righty-ho. Oh, from, from things which trouble us 
to things which make us extremely happy. Um, Munir Kamal, uh, who is just the, the I, I don't, he, he's like Michelle Frechette. He just doesn't seem to sleep. Um, he's just doing stuff all the time. He's launched what can only be described as a sublimely cool project. It's called, um, now I forget what the thing's called, but his general project is called Gutenberg Hob. Um, this is Justin Tadlock talking about this new project. What you can do is you can go here and it's builder gutenberghob.com and it was released just uh, several days ago um, so at the moment the, the options are probably not as expansive as they're going to be in the future and what you're seeing for those of you who are listening to this on audio in a couple of days time basically you get a UI which involves a menu on the left the screen in the middle and a navigator on the right the menu on the left categorizes different block patterns that you might throw into a page. So, for example, there's options to look at buttons and there's options to look at columns, featured, gallery, header, images and text. So what I'm going to do is just just live. I'm just going to throw a simple sort of website together in a space of a few seconds. You find something that you like the look of. So let's throw in a quick gallery. Uh, let's go for that one. Oh, that one seemed to break it. There I am raving about it, and my browser seems to have died. But the, the principle is that you go in, you throw in the bits and pieces that you like, and then once you've got it, you click copy code, Go to your WordPress install, click Command or Control V, and all of it comes along instantly. So in other words, you can build something in seconds, take it to your WordPress website, put it in, and then tweak the settings to make it your own. Change out the colors, change out the typography. It's so fascinating. And then there's a little inspector top right where you can sort of reorganize things and make things go down that were once on top and so on. Totally free. Utterly worth looking at builder.gutenberghob.com. And I don't know if any of you had a chance to play with this. I probably showed you everything that it can do. You get the idea. What do you think? I want to see I the like code. <laughs> you you do get to see the code. So the way it works is, you, I say you get to see the code. The way it works is you go to uh, copy code. And then you would go to your WordPress website and paste it in. Alternatively, if you want, you could go. I'm not going to be able to show this on the screen, but no, I've no. Just... I mean, I want. To, I just want to see it. I know. Yeah. So um, basically, I've just copied and pasted it into text edit, and it is just it's it's core blocks. So so for example, one the one that's a list has the the comments of WP list, and then it's got all the bits in the list, and the buttons are WP hyphen buttons and so on and so forth. It's really lean, but obviously it brings along the styling with it. So it has the padding and all of that kind of stuff so that you can then play with it in the settings of your WordPress website. But there's it's it's literally the block code. It's very, very straightforward to understand. It's beautifully done. But I wish I could show it, I guess, but I can't. I guess I don't get it. Why can't you just build with the blocks? You can, but it's done for you. And it's just as a kind of, as, as a beginner, you know, if, you, if you've never done oh, anything like, like this before. Kind of yeah, and also, have you, you tried to build layouts like this with Gutenberg blocks? It, it, it is not straightforward. It's, no, it's fairly time consuming. You'll make lots of errors. And if you come over here and look at 
money as pre-built ones, you can then go, oh, okay, that's how you do that kind of thing. So, for example, there's a good one here. There's a footer. Oh. And although it's not showing particularly well because I've got it super squashed, let me just go to a different orientation. It can show you how to put things, you know, how do you get these buttons to line up just like that? How do you get them mm -hmm. to react in that way on mobile? How do you get it so that the, I don't know, the phone on a mobile looks like this, but on a desktop it looks like this? Not all of them are perfect in all displays, and it'll always default to the desktop, but you can essentially go in, steal the code, see how it's done, and it's free. Amazing. Uh, it is. Todd's asking if you can build your own patterns. Uh, the, the answer is at the moment, no. My understanding is that essentially what there is is what you get. I'm not showing the best example there. There's quite a nice one there. I've got it on the tiniest of screens. I've really shrunk the browser down, as you might be able to see, so that you can see the news post. On a normal size screen, it looks, it looks, you know, there's less sort of uh, problems with padding and all of that kind of stuff. But no, you, there's there's no option to build your own at the minute. But you, as far as I'm aware, but you can share the layouts that you've got. And do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if in a few weeks' time, Mania drops the bomb of, oh, yeah, you can now make your own. But essentially, to make your own, you would drop the code into Gutenberg in your own WordPress website, fiddle with it, modify it, and then you could upload them to the new WordPress block patterns library, and that would, in effect, do the same thing. So there. Yeah. Um, Andrew Palmer, who used to own... Oh, does he still? I know you used to own Layout Cloud. I don't know if you still have that. Um, we did a similar thing in Layout Cloud. Yeah, it's not not to say that it's unique or brand new of an idea. It's just this implementation was quite nice. But uh, I don't know how many of you are using Gutenberg, but I think this is super cool. But if nobody's got anything to say, I will move on. Nobody has anything to say, I will move on. Great. Right, the other piece of big news, um, there's a fella, you may have heard of him, uh, apparently he's quite famous, and apparently has quite a large amount of cash. His name is Musk, Elon Musk. Yeah, him. <laughs> and he's got, uh, he's, got, he's got space rockets, he's got cars with no emissions, he's got, uh, he's got a tunnel digging company, he's quite famous, and he used to own PayPal. And now he's said to himself, that's not enough. What I need is a social network used by billions of people across the world. So I'm going to buy it. And uh, he spoke to his important banking folk and they said, yeah, all right, Elon, let's do it. So he bought Twitter. <laughs> what? <laughs> and here we are. So this is the news that Elon Musk has bought Twitter. I tried to find a piece on the Internet which had no incendiary comments whatsoever. <laughs> And, you know, there was no, like, take on it. This is, this is evil. This is bad. This is brilliant. The best thing that ever happened. So I've ended up on Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> telling us that Elon Musk has bought Twitter, finally. I believe it was for $44 billion. He's got six months to tie it up. If either of them renege on the deal, they both have to pay a penalty of a billion dollars. And I, as you know, Rob, and as you know, Michelle, I use Twitter very badly. But I understand yes. that Twitter, for a lot of people, is literally the be-all and end-all of the internet. You know, it's the way they communicate with friends. It's the way that they post out their social content. And so I'm just curious, is this a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think? My two cents, I think it's the a good thing. The impulse buy, isn't it? <laughs> it's the biggest <laughs> impulse buy in, in history, if that's the case. 
It just yeah. happens so fast. How do you even get all the paperwork done that fast on a $43 billion deal? You, <laughs> that just blows I, my mind. I would imagine that you have a very large team of lawyers just sitting there waiting. Uh, and you just go, so, like, yeah, yeah. It yeah. took like a week. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, who knows if it took a week or if it, you know, if there was a lot more going on. But yeah. sorry, Rob, we interrupted. You carry on. That's, that's okay. I, I think it's a good thing. Um, what we got to be careful of is the whole proponent around free speech. Like Elon's a big free speech person. And I always say it's around what society will accept and what the laws govern you. So I'm not, a, and, and it's about consistency. So one of the problems I have in the old ownership of Twitter right now is they seem to pick and choose people on free speech. They ban this person. They don't ban this person. They ban this person. They don't ban this person. And I think what democracy is based on is free speech. But that said, we don't need to allow things like hate speech, illegal activity, and things like that. So we've got to be really careful on where we go with this. I also think the reason Elon's doing this is for PR and attention on himself. He posted a tweet on Thursday or Friday about saying, we need to put the Coke back in Coca-Cola. And that went over like it, because those who don't know, the original Coca-Cola product had Coke back in it when it was developed many, many years ago. And cocaine. Um, yeah, cocaine, yes. So Elon's kind of, I think he's done this to put attention on himself more than anything. And from a PR perspective, they always say any attention is better than no attention. So, you know, the jury's out kind of thing. It's so hard to, to like this acquisition. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, as yeah, outline been... your thoughts, though, on that. When you say it's so hard, what are the, what are the things which are bothering yeah. to the top? So, you know, as somebody in the U.S. who's been part of the political system for quite a long time, um, and specifically one party, you know, when you see some of what's gone on in the last four years, and then the people who got banned for the things that they were being that were being said that, I mean, I'm trying not to get political, but it it felt like just you could breathe again in the space. Also, as somebody who has been the target of hate speech. Um, on Twitter, specifically targeted by somebody whose account has been banned, that also felt really good, right? So that person can say whatever they want to about me, but the fact that they were incendiary about so many things and so many people um, got it, getting them banned off of the platform made me and the other people for whom they were attacking be able to live a little bit, you know, better life, not having to constantly be... Um, under under fire for the things that they were saying about me and so i i don't want it to go back the way that it was and you know have somebody like me be able to be attacked openly because of their belief system specifically around helping underserved and under underrepresented folks in the community is is elon's take is he a free speech absolutist basically is there nothing where there's a boundary which cannot be crossed is that the principle because that's what i'm sort of hearing i'm picking that up that that's what I'm if you wish well, to speak yeah you can say it i mean yeah. I, when i was having coffee with him last week which <laughs> so i don't really know <laughs> <laughs> 
so um, uh, I think we're, yeah, I mean, we're going to see a lot happen in the next little bit. So some, the, someone said the, in the, the comments, the, I've lost it now, but that it was, you know, someone they shut down one of his sat the satire. Oh, Cameron Jones, all because they banned his favorite satire account, or he doesn't want to be. You know, I mean, there's an element of like, maybe he just doesn't want to be censored. Free speech is tricky because, you know, free speech is obviously good until it's not right. It's yeah. at what point do, do you when, when do my freedoms, my freedoms end when when yours are intruded upon. Right. But who's in charge of de deciding where that line is? You know, do do we want it to be just well, all open? Like Michelle said, there's a lot of people out there who would cause do a lot of damage with if everything was completely, completely open. But at the same well, time, to... who, who gets to choose? Who gets to pick what the line is? You know, that's such a difficult. And it's but just in, the, in the U.S., issue. we also have to remember that free speech is protected by the government. It's not freedom of consequence and it's not free everywhere. So free speech is in public places. Free speech is in those places that are protected by the government. Free speech isn't in my home. I can kick you out of my home if you're saying things that are incendiary. And if you own a platform, if somebody makes a comment on my blog that's incendiary, I don't have to publish it. I can yeah. ban that person from making comments on my blog. And basically, Twitter is a giant blog that's owned by a private corporation. And so they can make those determinations based on the yeah. rules that they put forward. And so yeah. it's not a free speech issue. It's actually a censorship by the organization that owns that issue and how you feel about that. Here's an interesting thing um, is that I live in the UK and we don't have a constitution. And the I'd be kind of interested to see if there needs to be a second Twitter, you know, one which is permissible in the UK. In other words, I don't know if this is going to be admissible. So let's say, for example, that Elon, with his 128 bazillion followers, decides that I am evil incarnate and he comes after me. I suspect this is quite likely to happen after this show. Um, and <laughs> Oh, dear. And, um, and you know, I, I don't know if he, under UK law he, he can do that kind of thing. I don't know if... if just because it's made in North America, does it mean that it can transport itself into all other parts of the world? But, you know, just I have such a poor relationship with Twitter anyway. My feed is essentially full of WordPress stuff. I don't get harassed on Twitter, but I, I listen to podcasts about the problems with social media and so on. And it would appear that if, if, it, if, if there's a social network which can be bad for you, Twitter is potentially the one, you know, you can be at the receiving end of dozens and dozens of incoming streams of hate and awful things happening. And it just sort of worries me that if it's all down to this one guy, I don't really know what to make of that. By the way, quick plug, uh, WP Builds have a rival Twitter platform. It's called Mastodon. It's free and open source, by the way. Um, and it's a federated version of Twitter, basically. And if you fancy join, joining us, oh, just squeeze this in. Uh, WP Builds Social is what it's called. The, the URL is wpbuilds.social. It behaves a lot like Twitter, um, but, you know, you can delete stuff and it doesn't have a permanent <laughs> record and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, if you fancy joining that, you can. I don't know what the answer is. There's a few people in the comments sort of saying that. I think time you know, will tell. Yeah, time will tell. Best stay off Twitter for me. That's one thing about Elon. You just never know. 
No. Let's just remind you all that there, the block feature still works. The unfollow, the mute, you can mute certain words, you can mute certain mm -hmm. phrases. So you can make Twitter a better experience for yourself just by employing the tools that are already there. Wasn't there, a, wasn't there something about an edit button? I heard that there was this talk about putting an edit button in at some point. That was a so big thing. You can right now, but only if you're willing to pay a monthly oh, really? fee. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that Twitter fee, blue? Yes. You need Twitter blue for the edit button right now. I've already yeah. got it. But here's the thing. We got to allow people to edit posts um, because we do on other platforms. So what happens if you do a typo? I've done that a million times. So. Yeah. Delete it and repost it. <laughs> well, I, I was listening to a podcast called This Week in Google. It's a totally brilliant podcast. It's on the Twit Network, by the way. And yeah. they were making the point that um, a lot of the embedding of Twitter is done on really big news organizations. Like the BBC will quite often embed a tweet of an individual. Let's say it would be POTUS or something like that. Well, what if the thrust of your argument is 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 made more concrete by the thing that you embedded and then they go and change it and completely about face you've embedded on your website a comment which now is completely contrary to the thrust of your argument and honestly how are you going to police that that's going to be really tricky screenshots screenshots, screenshots. are always better than embedding <laughs> yeah yeah. other people's content yeah. embed your own content don't embed other people's content yeah interesting yeah okay anyway there we go elon musk has taken over twitter you can learn about it by going to wikipedia it's probably <laughs> it's probably the safest place uh, all right <laughs> rob we're going to share a couple of uh, homegrown pieces this one came from robbie wanted to mention this one why <laughs> why 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 stop google from showing your personal info in search results tell us about this it just seems to be um a concern with people that that are privacy advocates that they don't want personal info, they tend to overshare. So I always say sharing stops, starts with you. So if you really don't want it out there, don't put it out there. But I found this was an interesting article just to kind of show the convoluted mess you have to go through to get your personal info removed is a good way. So this is for people who find themselves with content online about them, yep. potentially, and they think, actually, do you know what? I would rather that the internet didn't know about this. And uh, and you would hope that you could go out there and have a right to be forgotten, but of course, it's not that easy. And so here we go. This is what you've got to do if you want Google to have a look at your request to remove stuff. Getting search, I'm quoting from CNET now, getting search result links taken down isn't automatic. In general, you have to file a request, include a URL of the pages hosting your information, as well as search pages that surface those links. You may also need to include screenshots of the information in question. <laughs> here we go. Google then evaluate your request, taking into account if the removal would limit access to publicly available information or if it's broadly useful, like a news article. Rob, do you know if this covers stuff that's written about you? This isn't necessarily just stuff that is written by you. This could be, I don't know, a web a website that just decides they want to take me down and writes horrible things about me, and I would like that to disappear from Google. Does it cover that as well? Yeah, but it's not going to cover that because that could be newsy information. So if it's like the London Times or the New York Times, and they say so-and-so is A, B, C, and D, that could be a news article. So you got to, that's, I don't think that quite falls under the realm of personal information. I mean, so. 
But I think people, you know, coming back to this whole thing, I think it's a great idea, but I think personal information, it really starts with you, what you want to share and what you don't want to share. Like, mm, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Well, thank you for sharing that. This is a topic close to my heart. I love this kind of stuff. I'm sorry that we've got a crowbar in at the end because I've been droning on too much about member press and Elon okay. Musk. Um, but we'll we'll finish up with our last one today. This is um, Michelle's piece, unless Steph has got something she wants us to share. Um, but this is, oh, look at this, Get Hired, Careers in WordPress by Michelle Frechette, who, as we know from the introduction, doesn't do very much. She's got a lot of time on her hands. She <laughs> she, she needs another project because you know. I'm actually on vacation this week, and which is why my lighting is terrible. I'm in an Airbnb in the middle of Central New York um, on a photo vacation, but the, the it's raining today, so you know I'm here instead. Thank <laughs> you. So what's this about? Get hired marketing yeah, jobs. So so the Get Hired podcast was begun last year by Corey Miller and uh, Courtney Robertson, and I'm picking it up this year. We're going to turn it into a monthly podcast, and I'm going to be interviewing people who are in hiring positions. Um, I'm just seeing Cameron's comment. I'll check. It, I'll take a look at that, Cameron. Thank you. Um, but the uh, the idea is that we're start, we just launched it again. Relaunched it. it was in uh, we had five episodes last year, and so the monthly podcast will take place interviewing people who are hiring. Uh, positions hiring authority and uh, the first one uh, that I've done is an interview with Terry Trout who is a VP of marketing over at Liquid Web and Nexus and we talked about what it is and what she looks for to, when you're hiring somebody in marketing. So. Okay so the podcast isn't necessarily a platform for people who have a job to come on it's more about or forgive me, I could be misstepping here. Is it more about here's the here's the kind of things that it would be good um, to put out in the public arena if you want to hire people successfully in the WordPress or if space. you're looking for or if you're looking for a job? So right. the idea is so Terry and I talked about what she looks for when she's hiring somebody in marketing. So if you were somebody looking for a marketing job, the advice that she lays down in that. 26 minutes or whatever it was, um, is very important. So you, you can think about when you put together your resume, when you're talking to somebody in an interview, what are the things that put your best foot forward if you're looking to get hired in marketing and WordPress? That's absolutely fascinating. Like I say, you know, clearly you've got far too much time on your hands. And so launching another podcast seems like a good idea. Just so that you know, if anybody's not launched a podcast, it's not like really straightforward. Rob can attest to this. There's quite oh, a lot yeah. to do putting a podcast well, out. So I don't know how you just summon up loads of time. That's... Well, I, I interviewed her on Thursday morning and then Friday I recorded my bumpers and figured out how to uh, marry it all together, put it in to be published live this morning since I'm technically on vacation. So it published itself at like, eight o'clock this morning. I love podcasting though. I can well imagine why you would want mm -hmm. to do it. It's my, one of my yeah. favorite things. I absolutely love Same. it. So yeah. Love talking to people. Steph. I've been starting one for a year and a half now. and it's Yeah. Do you know what, Steph? That's the hurdle. Get get two or three episodes done and just oh. stick them out there, no matter how good or bad you think they are, and then get some kind of momentum. As soon as the momentum's going and you've got a few out there, there's something that kicked into gear with me. I was exactly like you. I just couldn't quite summon up the energy yeah. to start all sorts of things. And once I got like two or three recorded, it was like, oh, it's a thing now. Off we go. And I've Start saying started. words like bumpers, mid-roll. Yeah. It's all, all it's all about the vernacular. Like, oh, if you... yeah. Start talking about that. Yeah. Like the bumpers. Yeah. All yeah. right. 
bumpers, mid roll, like those kinds of things. As soon as you get those in your vocabulary, I can tell you what mid roll is. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> right. Okay. So we are basically bang on the money. We've done one and a half hours. I really appreciate the deluge of comments. There's been absolutely loads today. Really appreciate it. I know it was a hot button topic, the member press bit and the Elon Musk bit, but I really appreciate you showing up. Thank you very, very much indeed. We will repurpose this piece of podcast uh sorry this video content as a podcast it'll come out tomorrow at 7 a.m uk time stupid o'clock i don't know why i ever did it then but that's what i decided and i'm sticking to it um so it'll come out then so if you're into that wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe you will be able to get your hands on that each and every time we do this on a monday right steph you don't know about this but i'm about to cause great humiliation because Rob's, Rob's there, look, he's totally got it. We, we do this wavy thing at the end so that I've got a piece of album art. Steph, Steph oh, now Michelle, yeah, yay. That'll do it. Thank you very jazz much. Jazz hands. Wow. I love ending look, the show with jazz hands. Look, and, and as, if, as if to show the power of the internet, now we've got some troll on YouTube who's decided to put a load of oh. dating stuff on. <laughs> Thank you for that, who, whatever robot you are. We will be back next week. We'll have some other guests. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you this time next week.